Welcome to Welcome Heart, Living a Legacy Life podcast. My name is Sue Donaldson, speaker, author, and creator of WelcomeHeart.com. What better legacy than to open our hearts to God and open our lives and homes to others? Jesus said, love me, love your neighbor. Sounds like a legacy life to me. Thank you for joining me. Today we're talking about a legacy of a dream house. When I was little, I dreamed of a dream house. I wanted a Barbie dream house and I never got one. <laughs> and then later I remember when I was single and had to have roommates for years, I dreamed of being able to afford an apartment by myself and not have a roommate. And God did that. Even as I was a missionary, I got a two bedroom living up in Idlewild, California. And I had the choice to not have a roommate and I chose not to. And it was such a blessing um, just because I'd had roommates for so long. And then later when I got married and um, we moved into this condo complex, it was fine, but it wasn't really my dream house. And those of you who know my husband, he doesn't really care about the same aesthetics that I do. And so it took a while to um, pray him into the house we are in now. <laughs> which is a whole nother story. Uh, maybe I'll just tell it to you. I remember thinking, oh, I don't want to be one of those entitled Americans where, you know, your husband is working and you don't have to work necessarily, or I didn't at the time. And, um, and why, why move into a bigger house? You don't really need bigger or better. God has provided um, so beautifully. So I gave up my dream of having non-stucco ceilings and a yard and I told the Lord it was okay, whatever he wanted. And just two weeks after that surrender, I was driving up on Johnson Avenue. I remember when I uh, talked that over with the Lord and he's so patient. And then two weeks later, uh, some people found out we were looking and they were going to sell their home. So um, we bought this home that we're in now. It's been since Bonnie was mm, 17 months old and she's now 33. So we've lived in this house a very long time. However, I shortly found out that the kitchen was awfully small for all the cooking I did and all the hospitality we did. And so I would mention it to Mark and he would not say much. Again, that's typical Mark. And I, again, I didn't want to be a nagging wife. So I would mention it, you know, every six months or so, and we'd try to figure out what we could do. And uh, Bonnie Sue would, um, you know, talk about it with me because she was old enough to look at things and I'm going to tell you that story. And, um, and today's not all about my remodel, not, not at all, but it's about how God wants us to have a home that's blessed by him and built up by the things that he says is important. And that's what we want. So this was first uh, in the Joyful Life magazine back in, I think, 2019. Um, and it's called God's Dream House for Us, No Ordinary Home. You know, for all the time and energy and money it takes to build our homes, you might think that there would be a whole book in the Bible on the subject, you know, first and second home building, aka let's build a holy house. After all, isn't God concerned with what concerns us enough space in the pantry? Boy, did we have some discussions about how big the pantry should be. Uh, an extra room for guests, a back patio with a built-in barbecue, grass for heaven's sake. But is that what really uh, is important to God? If you got to hear my friend Cherie 
uh, Fletcher's podcast interview last month, I think it was uh, March 7th, she said this, our legacy isn't the stuff you leave for your kids, rather legacy is the stuff you leave in your kids. And she was talking about spiritual warfare, but you know, we can have a lot of warfare right within your own walls, four walls or otherwise. If we are not uh, building a legacy of a peaceful home, a loving home for our children, there are countless magazines and websites and television shows on the subject. I read recently how to know exactly what kind of doorknob to buy for the perfect door. And I, I thought, wow, is it really that important? I study such details of beauty and I think that's so pretty. And I may quietly add, oh, Lord, please, can I have that doorknob? Is it that important or is it important to you for me to get it? Or should I just stop praying about that? Magazines have glossy covers. So when I read, the drool can roll right off. My daughter, Bonnie, and I dreamed of a new house. Like I mentioned, she would email me pictures from her upstairs computer to my downstairs computer from www.coolhouseplans.com. Did you know that existed or at least it did? We would read these and we planned and we dreamed and we drove around um, different neighborhoods than our own and we drooled. What I knew about creating our new dream house was no matter how much money I might invest or how artistic, creative and hardworking I might become, it's not the outward appearance that makes a home more than an ordinary home. You know that, you know that deep down. A friend told me once that while away at college, her dad, who had been divorced twice, called to say that their home had been chosen for the House Beautiful Award for her town that year. His next sentence was, I'm sorry, our house was not a home for you while you were growing up. Hmm. Another friend had a different house story. They had just moved out of state, Leslie and Tim. And when I called, um, she asked me to pray for her attitude. She didn't like their new house. I thought that was uh, so sweet that she asked me to pray about that. The next time we chatted, I could tell there had been a change. She was busy nesting. She listed the positives without me asking. And she had just told her husband, Tim, when you come in the door, you make this house a home. Wow. Two house stories, a house beautiful that didn't provide a home for my young friend and a house made beautiful by a woman determined to make it so for the family she loved. What made the difference? What guidelines does God provide so that we build the home he's dreamed of for us? <clears throat> Talk about a dream house. Proverbs 24, 3 and 4 lay out the house plans for our dream home. Excuse me. <clears throat> By wisdom, it's a beautiful verse, and I'm going to say it a couple times, and then I'm going to put it in show notes. So don't worry if you're driving and you don't have a chance to write it down. It's Proverbs 24, <clears throat> 3 and 4. By wisdom, a house is built, and by understanding, it is established. By knowledge, the rooms are filled with all precious and pleasant riches. Sounds like a three-part sermon to me. Wisdom, understanding, and knowledge. Now, how does wisdom, understanding, and knowledge do what an architect or HDTV and Home Depot combined cannot do? And where do we begin to gain that wisdom, that understanding, and knowledge so we can find those precious and pleasant riches? First, wisdom. Now, wisdom is the application of knowledge. One can know a lot but not be wise necessarily. Now, don't be thinking of your teenager, but... <laughs> 
or 20 year old or somebody who's just graduated from grad school and they know a lot, does that mean they're wise? Well, not necessarily, but God promises to give us wisdom and we need that to build a beautiful home. My dad built his dream home for retirement. He wasn't a carpenter, by the way, it's just like my husband isn't. So it made it all the more gratifying when he completed it after five years. It was an extra home up in the town of Paradise, uh, actually Megillia, about eight hours from their real home. But he spent all their vacations working on it. He was so proud of it. And after he completed it, I called him and I asked, Dad, what are the essentials in building a house? He didn't even pause one bit. Without hesitating, he answered, well, you need a good, strong foundation. Without it, you're lost. Now, I remembered that conversation when we began our home remodel. My husband, Mark, and I drove around town looking at house foundations in process. Now, he may have called those activities dates. He knew without a good foundation that the rest is lost or we would be soon. God says wisdom is our strong foundation. We wrap our days and our minds on Jesus since he is our wisdom, he's called wisdom. As Paul wrote, Christ, the power and wisdom of God, 1 Corinthians 1.24. Wisdom is a sure foundation for every aspect of home building. Among other things, I need wisdom to help me raise godly children. I need wisdom to guide me in how to spend my money. I really try to pray before I go into a clothing store. I need wisdom to temper my tongue, especially if I hadn't gotten... I haven't gotten a good night's sleep or I'm under the gun and under pressure. I need wisdom to know how to use my time. I need wisdom to convict me of my sin. I need wisdom to deepen my awareness of God. Along with scripture, the main avenue for growing in wisdom is prayer. We have free access to God's wisdom. Ask, James wrote, chapter 1, verse 5, and it will be given. That's a promise worth building on. But I can forget to ask. Do you ever forget to ask for wisdom? I sure do. At my wedding shower, my mom gave me a plastic bucket filled with sponges and her favorite cleaner, which was spick and span. Now, she liked to save money, but she said, I never buy the store brand. I always buy spick and span. It's worth the money. <laughs> so she put the spick and span and a bunch of sponges in a bucket. And also there was a letter in which she wrote this, while scrubbing the kitchen floor on my hands and knees, I spent time praying for you that you would follow God and marry a godly man. She was in the right position. She was on her knees. I had seen her many times scrubbing the floor on her knees. She had a big floor, which was a good thing as it took me a long time for me to find that man that she was praying for. And there were five kids for her to pray for. I've yet to scrub my kitchen floor on my hands and knees, but the gift of wisdom is there for the taking. I can bow my head and my heart and sometimes my knees in prayer, look up to see God's answer and build my foundation a little more strong and sure. Wisdom helps build our dream homes because we need wisdom to use our words well. Proverbs 10, 19 states, when words are many, sin is not absent but he who holds his tongue is wise. Someone told me about a surgery you can give your dog to keep it from barking. I decided not to tell my husband in case he became inclined to make me an appointment for throat surgery. I'm a talker. And without God, I can ruin a home no matter if my drapes came from Pottery Barn 40% off 
or my porch gets decorated season by season. Proverbs 14.1 reads, the wise woman builds her home, but the foolish tears it down with her own hands. I might add, with her own lips. We are capable of both building up our homes and tearing down. We can do either by what we say or what we don't say. My friend Elizabeth told me her husband had mistakenly used the weed eater to cut down a whole row of her newly grown sweet peas. I just love sweet peas. And I said to her, oh no, I said, did you get mad? And she said, no, she replied, I can always grow sweet peas, but I could never take back the hurt I would cause with my angry words. Elizabeth is wisely building her dream home. Wisdom comes from God, and we can tap into that wisdom day and night. Next, understanding in that verse is what makes a home dreamy instead of a nightmare. The second essential my dad mentioned for building a good home is that it must have level and even walls. I could hit my head or stub my toe with wonky walls and uneven ceilings. Understanding those with whom we live alongside helps make our walls level and even. Proverbs 24 tells us it's through understanding our house is established. When I ask myself, how does understanding establish my home? I can only say, who do I understand the least who lives under the same roof? That would be my husband, bless him. For you, it may be a child, a mom, a sister, a roommate. It may take a lifetime to understand these people, people for whom you would die, but may drive you to distraction on a regular basis. Understanding means to have a thorough acquaintance of or expertness in. Expertness in. It takes time to become an expert. I admit I understand Mark much more after 34 years of marriage than I did after 13 years of marriage. Now we laugh more about things that used to bother us. We offer apologies and forgiveness easier and quicker than before. And essential to understanding is time. Those who struggle early on may choose to jump ship too quickly. They say that the seventh year is the year that people just decide this is too hard and they don't go into their eighth year of marriage. They're worried they will never be able to figure out their spouse or they're mad that their spouse doesn't meet all their needs. Five simple things have helped me in this area of understanding my husband. First, figure out if he is a morning or a night person. Now, these things are just practical, common sense things. But as my friend Stephanie used to say, common sense is not that common, is it? <laughs> figure out if he's a morning or a night person. A particular time of day may not be a good time for a deep discussion. Number two, learn if he is an extrovert or an introvert. Does he get rejuvenated by people or drained? My husband is a doctor, so he sees people all day long. He's very, very drained by people when he comes home to all the people in his house. So I have to be careful, and I have to let him unwind, and I have to let him be himself. Number three, when you have a lot to discuss, does he soak in what you're saying and respond immediately or take a few days? or weeks? Or does he need to be reminded that you had the discussion at all? Number four, how does he best show his love for you? Learning your love language and loving each other in those ways can ward off hurt and disappointment. And number five, do we love and respect him for who he is 
rather than for what we might hope he would become. I like being accepted as a work in progress. I like it that Mark is very patient with me. But am I willing to offer that same grace with an open hand and heart? If discouraged, I need to see myself as on a lifelong quest to discover more about this man who God brought to me as my partner. I'm so grateful. I may not always see the quest as an exciting adventure, but as I determine to understand the ones with whom I live, my home will continue to be built in love and beauty. And finally, knowledge. By knowledge, the rooms are filled with all precious and pleasant riches. My dad's last advice was this, make sure you have good materials and expert craftsmanship. Knowing what you're doing and using the right tools makes all the difference. God wants us to use our heads, our minds, our experience, and hopefully some good lessons learned from failure to build a worthy home. Knowledge and resources are essential in building. By knowledge, the rooms are filled with all precious and pleasant riches. We can't know everything we need to know to build our dream homes all by ourselves. At times, I look at my house, I look at the closets, I look at the budget, meal planning, or parenting, and I throw up my hands in frustration or despair, and I cry out to God, Father, I do not know what I'm doing. Help. Sometimes he gives me a creative idea. Most times, though, he brings me a friend, a friend who is strong where I'm weak a friend who would not judge but offer a hand, a friend for whom I would do the same. We pool resources from our unique giftings. We share a tuna sandwich. We work on the next thing to bring joy to our homes and families. My friend Debbie alphabetized my spices for me. More than once, Cecily likes house cleaning and has jumped in and broom in hand when I'm in a pinch. Lori is a wise listener who rarely tells me what to do, so when she finally does, I do it. Josie makes Italian sauce like the Italian she is when company is expected at my table, and I need a hand. And the list goes on. Make a list, host a gathering, share your resources, and we can help each other build a home that is anything but ordinary. Of course, the greatest knowledge is found in God's word. The older I get, the more I realize how much I don't know. There's always more to learn and do and pray into my heart and life. I set my mind to know God better based on Psalm 34, 6. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. I want to taste and see him in my dailies. Talk to him about it when I don't see him. And sit back in faith that he is working on my behalf, nestled in his love like a well-sated baby on her mama's lap. I've begun the long-advocated spiritual discipline of memorizing scripture. As a competitive child in Sunday school, I learned verses by heart to win the prize, which at the time my favorite was a big hunk candy bar or a bookmark or a new Bible. Now I go to a favorite passage. I write out seven or 10 verses. I can't seem to get past 17. And I know the award is in the work. I find my prize in the process as I pray with Paul to gain Christ in Philippians 3 and recite, Bless the Lord, O my soul, with David in Psalm 103. 
and cry out with the psalmist in Psalm 73, 25 and 26, whom have I in heaven besides thee? And there is none upon earth that I desire besides you. My flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. A deeply hidden treasure unearthed in the deeper reach of memory can direct my swirling and distracted mind into God's waiting presence day or night. I hope you got to hear Sarah Geringer's um, interview where she talked about memorizing scripture. I'll put uh, the link for that one and for uh, Cherie's in the show notes so that you can go back and review those. Placing key passages in my brain and sitting together around the word with like-minded friends provides the best building materials in order to build a worthy home. Now, what are these rare and beautiful treasures that our rooms will be filled, filled with as we build our homes with wisdom, understanding, and knowledge so that we have no ordinary home? Now, I know I have these treasures because I'm a Jesus follower, but I allow clutter to pile up and blind my eyes to how God is building his dream house for me. I'm a piler. I pick up one paper and I place it in another pile and I call it good until I can no longer see the counter or the couch or right now the dining room table. I miss out on God's rare treasures of joy and delight, peace and daily wonders because of my clutter of self-pity, overindulgence, self-righteousness entitlement, laziness, too many jobs, too many ministries, and bouts of unhealthy introspection. Did you know that introspection can be unhealthy? It's better known as navel gazing when you're just looking at yourself for too long. I need time alone with my master builder and home designer on a daily basis, which is better than Marie Kondo, to help me clear the surfaces to repent again and again and recover the joy and peace that comes with regular deep cleaning. Much like when my friend Cecily comes into my kitchen and sweeps everything off the counters, God calls me to sweep away my relentless self-preoccupation and instead revel in every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places as Paul wrote in Ephesians 1.3. Ephesians 1 Three through seven may be my next passage to hide deep in my heart to keep the clutter at bay. This morning, I glanced across the living room and I noted fingerprints. Oops, sorry, that was my dog. I noted fingerprints um, in layers of dust on our green coffee table. Now, I love my green coffee table, but I don't love to dust. And obviously, I hadn't. No big deal, you say, except that I was recalling that the night before, 12 girlfriends had been over and we'd see we'd been seated around that same table laughing and sharing and eating brie and butter cookies not together and reflecting on the goodness of god in our lives guess what none of them mentioned the dust now maybe they thought about it when they went home but they didn't call and tell me perhaps that was just evidence of their good breeding yet i couldn't help but be grateful god was in my home those women came in my home and it was anything but ordinary. They reveled in God's faithfulness as new friendships were formed and old ones rekindled. God made it beautiful. God made it beautiful. Just keep that in mind. Rooms full of rare and beautiful treasures. And that was all that mattered. Not the fingerprints in the dust. 
Whatever the size and shape of my home, I want it to reflect Christ's light and offer his peace. That can happen with dishes in the sink and laundry on the sofa. If Jesus walked into my home today, I may caution, ah, Lord, mind your step, I haven't vacuumed recently. I hope I could add, Jesus, come in this room, see this treasure? You gave me this treasure, peace, love, joy, contentment, all from you and for you, all because you built my extraordinary home. Do you have a verse for your home? This one is a good one, Proverbs 24, 3 and 4. By wisdom, a house is built, and by understanding, it is established. By knowledge, the rooms are filled with all precious and pleasant riches. I'll put it in show notes so that you can print it off. It can be the beginning of filling all your rooms with God's precious and pleasant riches. I love it that he talks about the aroma. Um, when people leave my home, I don't, I don't want them to always be thinking about the Brussels sprouts that we had for dinner. You know, that can really smell up a home. But I want them to think about the aroma and the fragrance of Jesus Christ. They may not know that's what it was, but I want that to be what they remember. If you uh, know of a church or a Christian women's event that could use a speaker, I would love to be considered. Please go to my website, welcomeheart.com, and look under speaker topics. This is one of them, God's dream house for us. No ordinary home. I would love to serve you and your women in this way. You have a wonderful day and go clear off that dining room table. I'm going to do that right now. Until next time, think about your legacy, the one God has called you to live, all for heaven's sake. I would love to speak at your next Christian Women's event. See my keynotes and retreat series, as well as the show notes from today's broadcast at welcomeheart.com. Thanks for coming. You're always welcome here.